Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bonneau, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go! So let's start with, tell me a little bit about, about yourself. How did you, what's your background and how, how did you start Raises.com? Yeah, good question. So we started Raises.com. I mean, my background, I mean, I guess we started, I started as a programmer, actually. Uh, I went mm-hmm. to Queen's University, you know, several years back. That's a small university in, in a place called uh, Kingston, Ontario in Canada. I, you know, did some coding and then, I saw, I learned about blockchain and, you know, cryptocurrencies, things like that. And then I saw that there was a big gap because people were raising capital for blockchain companies in a, an unregulated way. And so I said, mm-hmm. what, what about doing it the regulated way? And so I found a company, a small investment bank in Canada that they focused on being one of the first people to do this, uh, raising capital for blockchain companies, learn how they worked. I registered with uh, an organization called the you know, regular, the, they have the register, the, what is it called? The, the people who regulates investments and exempt offerings, they call them. So I registered mm-hmm. with them, took my exams. We closed some transactions, a few million dollars in tra- transactions. And then from there, I learned how they operated. And then I set up a different company called raises.com to fix some of the inefficiencies that we saw when it came to raising capital. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Nice. And why why that name? How how did you get to raises.com? Yeah, good question. The original name was actually a, a different name. Uh, it was called Aeropolis Capital. And then we changed the name to raises.com because we just want to simplify everything. We we saw the opportunity. We're looking for actually domains. And we we saw the opportunity to get a domain valued at a few six figures, you know, multiple six figures. And we we wanted to simplify the capital raising process for people who haven't done a proper capital raise by us being simple because if we're not simple if we have a name that's hard to spell hard to pronounce it shows that we're complicated so we just want to simplify everything so that even a dog can understand what we do so that's the point sure very much so so you 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 wanted to basically uh, like not just talk the talk but walk the walk kind of what comes to mind yeah yeah, because the more people have us on their brain, the more that they can remember us, and then the better our, our service becomes because we're able to put our name in front of other people so that other people would get the credibility they want. Um, it makes makes people can mem- remember things much easier and it makes life much simpler for everyone. Yeah, I saw you even have it on, on your website in the introduction video. You, you had something like uh, a line that something in the lines of, we're doing what we're doing so successfully that we managed to get that name and that in itself it's an authoritative name it is because in the financial space because a lot of the, our clients they, they they need the credibility and we want to show them that in the financial space especially there are a lot of scams mm-hmm. it, it whenever you're dealing with money you have to just really just invest in in looking legitimate um as a capital raiser as a business person then there's no better investments than um being legitimate and looking legitimate mm, i can imagine and yeah that that is an issue and also a lot of um a lot of 
scams, as you mentioned, work around domain names as well. So people that don't pay attention and don't secure the right name, a lot of scams are can follow as that. And that's something that I oftentimes discuss with people and oftentimes we see in the news when it's too late, um, yeah. where, where, you, where you have, so effectively, in a way, yes, you invest in your brand, you invest in, in your own business, but it also shows respect to your audience and to your target business partners because you, you're taking their security as well seriously. I agree. I definitely agree. I, I mean, and I think one thing that is at the heart of what we do is really thinking in systems because long-term, the more we simplify the process, the more people feel secure, the better results mm -hmm. that they get, the better results that they get the more people come to us and so mm -hmm. and the more people remind remember us so anything that makes that becomes a feedback loop it just everything takes care of itself so. mm. Absolutely. and i also noticed you have secured your own name as a domain name yes that, that was a while ago i think that was um 2000 and something i i, I was i was pretty young then and um right. it was it was funny enough that that was um when i was uh, I was actually learning HTML, so I actually, you know, we secured a domain. My family actually secured a domain name. I, I think I was, I didn't even know about the, the internet and domains that much back then. It was like 2000 okay. and, and the year 2001 or something. So, or something, I can't remember the exact time. And then we just coded an HTML website. People can look up the history on um, the, the, the tools that look at the history. But yeah. the name is really important because people say, okay, who's the founder? And then they'd see the, and then they see the first result. So everybody yeah. should get their own name. And before somebody gives birth to a child, they should buy the domain name before they. Before <laughs> when they... it's possible, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a thing now. I, I have that as well. I, I, the last one I thought was for for my nephew actually. And the best part is I was like so excited I managed to get it that when it was because he's like only three years old and yeah. when it was his birthday I forgot to like give it to because it's not the you know gift you put in a box so i actually forgot to give it to him i'm like do i wait for next year maybe yeah <laughs> like i forgot to give it to well his mom actually because he's not such an age where i feel appreciated but i was i was pretty happy with that because especially with the way things are going i don't think you know we probably had we had an idea of what a domain name is but not that much it was like yeah it's a thing you use for an email or you know you type in an address but like kids nowadays, they 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 like way ahead. I don't think we'll need to explain to them what is what. Exactly, and and definitely coronavirus and all these things. Mm. It really just because we actually started a business in the pandemic, and so everything online, especially now, people are think they can taking things online more real than even real life. So mm. that's just the way the world yeah. is right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't. I don't think for good or bad, it's it's going back. I don't see it going back. Yeah, totally agree. Um, what else did I want to ask? Is there a domain name? That's going to be my last one. Domain names, and I have some other questions. Is there a name that you don't own but you wish you did? There is one. Um, that's a good question. There is. There's a domain name called. I mean, there. I guess there are two. There's a domain name called funding.com. In, an, oh, in yeah. another world, it'd be nice to have that one because I want to, one day, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, you know, the story of Rockefeller and then the people who, you know, who did all these things, but what they would do, they would own multiple companies and then they'll <laughs> treat the companies as if they're separate competitors, but really it's the same person that owns everything. 
So mm -hmm. I just want to get another domain name that offers services that Razor.com currently cannot do, and then mm -hmm. have another one that is really strong, Funding.com, something mm -hmm. like that. And then there'll be competitors, but really it's the same company. So that's mm -hmm. that's another goal I have in the future. Hmm. I love that. That that is actually very. Um, I think you can learn a lot from that experience if if you were to operate businesses as you know the same the same owner, whether it's individual or group, but let them act as competitors. It's very much. It's like a extension of critical thinking, I guess. Because you, you, when you dig yourself up in one position in one thing, you miss things that, from another perspective, can be obvious. Totally and agree. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what Jeff Bezos, the Amazon founder, did. Uh, he said that if we can compete with ourselves really well, then that means nobody would be able to if we could compete with our own departments the best. Yeah, absolutely. And you are an athlete as well. You, you're pretty yep. much into sports, yeah. What I, I do running myself, I wouldn't like I'm very, very far from professional, but um, I do, I mean, I do train three or four times a week. What from the sports world do you see applies to, to how you do business? Good question. Uh, what I see is so I used to play football, and I see it's kind of like I was thinking of this this morning, so sometimes it's like you know, as somebody is raising money from investors or somebody's, you know, getting money from, from clients or anything like that, when I look at capitalism in the way it is, it's almost like football in a sense, like you get the football and you have to hold it, but no matter what, if you have the money, then everybody will come and try to take it from you. And they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, you know, break your ribs. They'll do anything to take that ball away from you. So it's kind of like, there are two mindsets. One somebody has to get the ball and then somebody has to hold the ball so that they maintain their wealth. And then when people are going to investors and raising capital, it's the same, it's really similar. It's like these people, they've spent their whole life, you know, accumulating wealth and then their families have money and then they're doing everything to protect it. So mm -hmm. we, we just have to show people that we can sell them into the idea that we're going to help you protect it. We're not trying to take it away. We're mm -hmm. going to help you protect it even more. You're on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's one. And then the second, the second thing is more just, it's good for the health. And then it, I like the mindset because if I can lift weights, then, then I can talk to somebody, I can talk to a real estate investor and then like, it's not a big deal. So is this more of the psychology? Mm. Discipline as well. I find it's something like I'm trying to get my kids now into, into sports and it's like, they're trying different things because they have different ages and each one has their specific interests. But I think it's really important and it teaches you a lot about life and discipline i think is the main thing yeah it's very it's very important it's good to to show yourself that you can achieve things like you said it's once you do it physically the the, the other side becomes possible you can you, you prove to yourself there's things that you thought you can't do and you actually can and that's like very powerful and it can be used across different areas in your life Oh, yeah. And I don't think the sport matters as long as you do anything, anything that's hard and competitive, then uh, for, I think playing football helped me almost more than even my degree it's like in real life. <laughs> so it's really weird. But yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, I, I looked, uh, I looked, obviously I looked you up <laughs> and yeah. you mentioned you had a few failed startups before you got to where you are now. What, what do you think failed there and, and how did you learn from it? 
Good questions. Yeah, I had a lot of businesses. One of them was, it was a, what was it? This one was a music company. So it was called Rap Troop. Um, and okay. so the main problem, and this is the repeating problem, is that because I, I was also a programmer and then I was also trying to sell it, I focused all my efforts on building it from scratch. And then I would then sell it. I'll try to sell it after for a few users for like, you know, like $10 a month or whatever. And then I'll get the feedback and then I'll get the feedback. And then for me to have to recode it, it will be like another like six months or something. And so the feedback was way too tight. Right. And so the way we do it now is like when I started working in, you know, in investment banking, I saw that people would sell something they would, they won't know how to solve the problem. And then they'll use the money and then they'll just like, it's a service basically. And so what I realized is like, and I like how we would sell. And then as we sell, we just do the minimum, the quickest things to solve the problem. And then we would use the money to build it out once we prove that it's something that can be solved. So that's probably the biggest thing. Um, other than that would be to, um, yeah, just increase, solve a bigger problem. Uh, don't solve like a $10 problem or a $2 problem unless you want to get venture capital and do a software as a service. We just want to solve a really, really hard problem that we could that we can make a lot of money from because the bigger the problem we solve, the more money we could make. So. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. What are your thoughts on NFTs? NFTs? Yeah. Yeah. So NFTs, non-fungible tokens. So it was something I actually spoke about back in 2008. Basically, there are two types of Ethereum. <laughs> Ethereum started something called smart contracts. And those are things that you write code on. It's like Bitcoin, except you can write programmable. You can make it more programmable. If I were to just summarize what it means. So in 2017, they have something called ERC-20, which are fungible tokens. So there are tokens that look exactly the same. They're homogenous. So it's like a $25, $0.25 coin, and then they all look the same. And then there's another thing, ERC something else. I forgot the code for it. But it is, you know, you have like a, you have like collectibles. So you have coins that look different. So the point, and the point is, um, if somebody wants to make something that, um, you know, make a, a type of token that is unique, then they can use non-fungible tokens either on Ethereum or on different blockchains so that they can differentiate the tokens. And it solves, so blockchain, because blockchain solves a problem of transparency when it comes to people validating the types of transactions that happen with a fungible token. It's the same thing for non-fungible tokens. Uh, it solves a problem of transparency when it comes to people validating what transactions happen for unique collectibles. Um, that's the best way I can explain it. And people are just realizing it in 2021 that it is a thing, even though it's pretty old. So. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have any? Are you are you into it or not not yet? Not really. Like we're more into just like more into just traditional like cryptocurrency investing, nothing crazy. Um mm -hmm. I wish because like if I invested in engine, I interviewed engine like 2018. If I was if I held it, we would have made like 200 2000 percent back, but we let we took it out, but we now we just invest in, in different cryptocurrencies in the background just for to grow the capital. So. Okay. Cool. What's next? What's next for Aces.com? What are you up to? Yeah, what's next is we're yeah, we're just in the process of registering as an, an, an official investment bank. They call it Exempt Market Dealer in Canada. And then we want to work on 
you know, taking some deals public and just helping more people raise by building uh, teams to sell the, the deals for people locally uh, and get a license to do that for us. So that's the one thing. And then after that long term, um, yeah, just become, you know, become the, one of the number one people in Canada that are, you know, changing investment banking and changing the how people do business when it comes to investment banking. And we want to make something called self-serve investment banking, like a common term that people use in any way of doing business. Okay. And you mentioned last thing, um, you, because you mentioned in Canada and also blockchain, what is, what type of person, what type of company do you work with? Like, what would I have to be to be able to approach you and work with you? Yeah, no, we, we, we just focus, you know, so lately we're focusing more on real estate, actually, just simple real estate. Um, when it comes to the, the brand and the website, we keep it open because somebody may know somebody in real estate, but then when it comes to actually us raising capital and packaging your deal, we're just focusing on real estate, uh, for this year, uh, because those are the people that get the quickest results and they move really quickly. Okay. So real estate in Canada or globally? In any, so in us, UK, uh, Canada, uh, Australia. Okay. Yeah, I just want to put that out there for anyone in our audience that, that can potentially be interested nice. in your help. All right. Um, I think that, that's it for me. Um, yeah, it was a pleasure. I'll edit the interview, send it to you review. Um, any feedback you can incorporate and, and then we'll publish it and what's next. Absolutely. Thank you. This was really fun. And and one, one last yeah. question before I go. Um, uh, how, did you, uh -huh. how did you how did you find me, by the way? Uh, we always look at, we have smartbranding.com, so we yeah. do a lot on um, trying to educate people about the importance of good names and good brands, strong brands, and with a name like yours, obviously, kind of, uh, we, you know, obvious candidate. Yeah. Good name. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it was worth every cent. <laughs>